Good evening and welcome to episode 137 of the Ask the Coach Show, where Ping Skills helps you improve your table tennis. 137 is the 33rd prime number. The next is 139, with which it comprises a twin prime. Today, we give an update on the Australian Open, which we'll be attending shortly to provide commentary on the finals. And in the questions, we talk about being a good training partner, why someone might play well in matches but not in practice. We discuss the grip and how to play against the mid-distance backspin ball. I'm Jeff Plum, and as always, Supercoach Aloys Rosero is here with me to answer your questions. Welcome, Aloys. Good evening, Jeff, and uh, yes, uh, another good evening in Melbourne. It's beautiful 11, 12 degrees. Indeed, yep. Uh, middle of winter here. Um, but there was a little bit of sunshine during the day, which is good. So, yes, um, yeah. yeah, indeed. Uh, Alloys, are you excited about the Australian Open? Yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, actually getting up there and, uh, and having a look. So just been looking at uh, some of the results. So um, all the Aussies are out, unfortunately. But, uh, oh, yeah, no. Yeah, I know. Uh, but uh, top seed, Jung Young-sik um, in the men's singles. Kenta Matsudira still in there. Um, Yuya Oshima, the guy that won the uh, Philippines Open, still in there. So in the quarterfinals. And uh, Jiang Tianyi from Hong Kong. So, so all the big guns still in the draw for the men's singles. And the women's singles, um, pretty much the same. So... Uh, Ishikawa and Aifukahara still there, the top two seeds. Um, the the one that uh, that did drop out and the one that we were looking forward to seeing was Mima Ito losing in the last 16 to uh, the Korean uh, Moon Hyung-jun. So, uh, yeah, so that's a little bit disappointing for us. But, uh, yeah, there's plenty plenty of good table tennis uh, up there in the next couple of days. So quarterfinals tomorrow night and then... Uh, the uh, semis and finals on the Sunday. Excellent. Can't wait. It's going to be uh, going to be brilliant to see all those top players fighting it out for the Australian Open title. All right. Now, yesterday, Alois, our Ping Silla's question of the day was, is Japan the next big thing in table tennis? What sort of response did we get? Yeah, so uh, not, not a huge response, but... Um, but I think, you know, I think that where, whereas I don't think they're going to overtake China, I think they're definitely on the right track. So there's a lot of uh, lot of players playing all of the World Tour events, which is just fantastic. So Naranjan said, said um, I think there are a lot of Japanese players who can play very well and maybe Japan's next big, big thing. So yeah, I tend to agree, you know, like, once you once you start to build the numbers and build the bulk of players pushing through, then they just push each other further and further. And you know, I think I think they they are really the next big thing. Whether they can be number one, I still don't think so. I think it's still a, a big task. But uh, gee, they've made some huge inroads in the last couple of years. Yeah, they certainly have. And I think the sentiment on our Facebook page was similar, Alois. Uh, most people thinking that, you know, China's still going to be number one. Um, some people still thinking Germany, then Japan. 
Um, but yeah, it's great to see them uh, on the right track, and let's just see how far they can go. Absolutely, um, yes. Time will tell. Indeed. Now, the Ping Skillers question for today is: If you had a whole lot of money, what racket would you buy? So, uh, yeah, we really want to know. Um, I will post that up on our Facebook page so you can um, leave a comment there or you can log on to the uh, Ping Skills website with your free account. If you haven't got a free account, sign up now, pingskills.com. You'll also get our free newsletter and leave a comment on our blog or you can leave it on our YouTube channel or Google Plus page. Lots of ways to get involved. So let us know if you had a whole lot of money, what racket would you buy? All right. Now, first up, Alois, um, is something from Dieter, and he says, I don't have a question really, but want to share an observation. You learn probably just as much by helping out someone else as when doing your own drills. So here's my message. Be generous to serve as a sparring partner. You'll learn just as much. I think it's a really good sentiment, Dieter, and a really good lesson to learn too. Um, I often find that in training, uh, when when there's two players training with each other, they might start, you know, like with the forehands and backhands and, you know, the, you're both doing something and that's good. But when it's your turn to do the drill, often the blocker will, you know, just almost take it as, a, as it's their time for a break. And that's really important that we don't do that. That time that, you, that you're blocking is such an important part of your training as well as when you're, it's your turn to do a footwork drill, for example. So really focus hard when you are your sparring partner. So, you know, you're the blocker, you're controlling the ball. Utilize that time to improve your blocking. Um, maintain your focus. Keep your balance position. All of those sorts of things are really important to practice because that's part of the game. And if you only focus and Train hard when it's your turn to do the drill. You're missing out on half the training session. So, so really good words, Dieter. I, uh, I really like your post there, and uh, it's a really good lesson for us to learn about training. Yeah, it certainly is. And like you said, Alice, even the best attackers in the world have really fantastic blocks, and it's still needed because even if you're great at the short pushing and you know trying to stop your opponent attack, you can't all the time, and you need. Uh, you know, a really good block. So it is just a critical part of the game to practice. Yeah, and when 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 your partner's practicing the match drills as well, so, you know, they're serving, then that's a perfect opportunity to practice your return of serve. E- even if it's a matter of uh, you pushing the ball long to a particular position for them to m- make the attack, that positioning, that getting ready um, to make the return and making the, the return accurately is so, so, so important. So, yeah, utilise that time. Can't emphasise it enough. Indeed. All right. Next up is a question from Tam who says, Hi, Alois. I play well in matches, but when it comes to doing drills, I perform a lot worse. Could you explain this? This is a really real twist, isn't it, Jeff? Because uh, I don't know how many um, questions we get about you know, I train really well, but when it comes to matches, I don't play so well. So it's quite the opposite for Tam. Tam plays well in matches and probably wins a lot of matches, but in drills, he's not quite as good. So often that comes about if 
your technique or your consistency isn't as good. Um, so you might be good at playing some awkward strokes and, you know, finding ways to win points, which is great. But I think just um, developing your technique so that you can drill, so that you can be consistent enough to put the ball in the right position when you want to and where you want to, I think that's also really important. So, so probably consistency first. Thinking about your strokes and techniques is important as well. And then just having the ability to, to concentrate and control the ball well uh, to perform those drills. I think that's probably the next step for you, um, Tam. But, but certainly, it's great that you play well in matches. I mean, after all, that's the bottom line, right? That's, what, that's why we train. But let's try to get that, those basics better as well. Yeah, top advice there, Alois. Um, so, yeah, Tam, work on those tips and hopefully you'll be able to, you know, raise your level even further and continue to play well in matches. Thanks for the question, Tam. Okay, uh, next up. Oh, I've just uh, lost my connection with my mouse, Alois. <laughs> um, but next up is a question from uh, Kailash, who says... I have been advised by him to. I'm not sure who him so, is. Maybe his coach. I've coach been, sorry. Yeah, I've been advised by my coach to fold my thumb and not place it on the rubber like all the players do. I've also seen that folding my thumb does not allow me to generate enough spin, but this folding has given me much more control on my smashes. So, what do you think about this grip, Alois? Yeah, so Kailash, so I think what Kailash is talking about there is just um, moving this position here of the thumb from from up on the rubber to down there and folding it down that way. Um, so Kailash, I, I, t- I tend to just change that position a little bit for forehand and backhand. For forehand, I tend to have it there. For backhand, I just tend to just move that last digit of my thumb up there a little bit. Um, to control the ball. Can't see that, but, yeah, to control the ball a little bit better. But, yeah, there's not much movement there at all. And it really won't make much difference at all because that movement there is not affecting the um, the flexibility in your wrist or your arm or the tightness or tension or anything. So really just, just see where it feels comfortable for you. Listen to your coach um, get it, and, you know, follow his advice and just see how that uh, pans out for you. But, yeah, I don't think it's a, it's a really big difference. Yeah, so using that grip, Kailash still should be able to generate a bit of spin, you, you think, Alois? Yes, yeah. Um, with, with whatever, whether, whether you've got your thumb up or down, you still can utilise your wrist and, um, and generate enough spin. So, yes. Uh, I mean, the only thing is if, you, if you're putting your thumb up there like that some, or some, something, then that can start to tighten in the wrist a little bit. But if it's just a small movement of the thumb, then it shouldn't affect you too much at all. Great. And I'll put a link in the show notes um, to our lesson on how to hold the table tennis bat. So, Kailash, have a look at that um, and just compare it to how you're holding the bat. All right, moving on. Next up is Johnny, who says, I'm having problems attacking backspin balls that aren't short or long, but like a mid-distance ball. With long backspin, I can comfortably topspin it, and with short backspin, I can flick it. So with this mid-distance ball, should I topspin or flick? Yeah, so, Johnny, um, it, it can be a really awkward ball, that one. So the, we're talking here about the ball where the second bounce on your side is going to be close to the end 
of the table. So the real critical um, factor is whether that second ball is going to be off the end or if it's going to be on the on the table. That's the, that's probably the first critical thing to think about. If it if that second bounce comes off the end of the table, then you should really be trying to think about top spinning it. So your top spin might need to be more vertical, or your stroke might need to be more vertical, because if the end of the the table is right there and the ball's just dropping off the end, then it's hard to go forward. Because if you go forward, you're going to end up hitting the table. So that's why you need that lifting action, that more vertical action to lift the ball up um, past the table and over the net as well. But if the ball is going to bounce twice, then you can think about pushing it. You can think about flicking it if the ball's up a little bit higher or with less backspin. So you can certainly do that as well. So the real critical factor is, is that second bounce going to be off the end or on the table? Yeah, indeed, um, Alois. And if that second uh, bounce does bounce just on the table, it does make it a bit harder to flick than a ball that's even shorter because you kind of it's a further distance away from the net. So that's why that also can be a tricky shot. Yes, exactly. Because it's further from the net, it does make it really awkward to make the flick from that position there. Um, so often a push can be good. Um, you know, just having pushing it with nice soft hand and seeing if you can uh, get it close to the net. But other, the other thing is that even if the second bounce is going to be close to the end of the table, the first bounce might be quite close to the net. So if you're going to push it, you need to get in nice and close and early off the bounce, and then it makes it easier to get the ball um, close to the net on your opponent's side as well. So so taking that ball early. But it's it's just that recognition, isn't it, Jeff? That's, that's, the, that's the hard thing, recognising whether that ball is going to be short or long. Yeah, indeed. So I guess that's just something you can work on the more you play, trying to judge the ball and, and getting better at that aspect of it. Yeah, you can you can do it with multi-ball too, I think. Um, so you can get the your partner, your training partner, just feed the ball out and get them to try to get the ball at that length, you know, that awkward length, sometimes short, sometimes long, and just try to judge um, whether it's going to be short or long each time. Um, I think that's that's a really good way of practising. But um, I, I've found, the other thing I've found is if you really just track the ball all the way through from there, from the bat, then you tend to get a feel for whether it's going to be short or long and uh, and then you can start to make better decisions. When you're, when you're doing the practice or the multi-ball even, don't be afraid to just let the ball go and just see, did that second bounce go on the table or off the end. And that way you, you've got a really clear picture or a clearer picture of what that particular ball is going to do. Yeah, excellent tip there. I like that one, Alois. So great question, Johnny. Hopefully those um, pointers um, have helped you out. Well, that wraps up all the questions, Alois. Um, for everybody watching, if you haven't, visit our website, pingskills.com, and sign up for a free, our free newsletter with lots of great table tennis tips. And we are going to, as we mentioned at the start of the show, the Australian Open, really excited about this. going to be great to comment on the finals. So um, we'll be back, I guess, with a show on Monday to tell you about all of the exciting action that is happening at the Australian Open. So thanks for watching, and thank you, Alloys. 
Yes, Jeff, and I think that you should be able to catch that on ITTV as well. So, uh, yeah, check out ITTV over the weekend and, uh, and catch up with our commentary. Indeed. I'll put a link in the show notes to ITTV. See you, everybody. Have a great weekend. Bye.